Before I begin this morning, I want to hearken back to last Sunday. As I drove away from the church, I was thinking about the morning, and I realized I may not have been as explicit about what I wanted to say at the end of the sermon as I had hoped to be. We talked about the idea that you are gifted, and how being gifted doesn't mean it has anything to do with anything inherent in our own selves, but that we've been given a gift to share. And a compensatory response is gratitude. And so I want to begin this morning by just emphasizing how important gratitude is in the life of faith and when we receive and share gifts to always, always be grateful. And that ties to the coming season of which we now enter, which is stewardship and thanksgiving, a time of gratitude. But for today, we want to now focus on the relations of remembering. There are three things that start to go as you grow older. First, you start to lose your eyesight. Then your hearing goes. And for the life of me, I can't remember what the third thing is. Although Alzheimer's is a devastating disease, it is not so common that we need to live in total dread of it. If your memory for names seems to be slipping, if you are misplacing things more than you once did, or repeating things you've already done before you realize what you're doing, don't panic. With all the information we have to absorb and all that we have to experience going on around and within us. It's a lot to process. And failing memory is more common to all of us, I suspect, once we're past that cocky age of thinking we can know everything. The explanation I favor is the more memories we have crowded into our brain cells, the longer it takes to sort them out and retrieve them. Forgetting your wedding anniversary doesn't mean you have Alzheimer's. It just means you're at trouble at home. You're in trouble at home. Burl Pfizer said, I write everything down I want to remember. Then instead of spending a lot of time trying to remember what it is I wrote down, I spend a a lot of time looking for the piece of paper I wrote things down on. The relations of remembering. That's what we're here to explore this morning, and and I want to emphasize we're here to explore it because no one is going to remember everything that is said. When we consider the relations of remembering, we instinctively think first of remembering our relations, our relatives. I don't know about you, but when I think of my grandparents, parents, aunts and uncles, cousins, and brothers and sisters, some who are alive and some in all of those categories who are dead, I have very fond memories. My family on my mother's side, since before my birth, had an annual reunion. And I count that as a blessing because it gave me, from a young age on, a strong sense of belonging to a family that was much bigger than just my own little nuclear family. It spanned at least three or four generations. 
And it's been nice to have a cousin who's kept a family tree and a family history. I don't quite feel like Mark Twain, although sometimes I might, when he wrote that he spent $25. Now remember, that was a lot of money when Mark Twain was alive. He spent $25 to research his family background and then later $50 to cover it up. (laughs) Our parents and other special people who helped raise us have had a very direct influence in shaping us and providing memories from our childhood all the way up. As I think back on my growing up years, and I suspect with you too, not all of the memories are positive. All families have struggles and difficulties, and some are more painful than others. And for many, there are memories of your own children or even grandchildren when they were younger and and growing up. The point is, we remember our relations first because those memories are closest to us precisely because of the close physical proximity we have shared with them. And when a loved one dies, our memories become even more precious. Memories are some of the most wonderful and richest gifts God gives us. Unlike the case of when the lawyer was reading the will of a departed millionaire to relatives gathered in his office, and to my nephew who asked that he be remembered, the lawyer read, I want to say, hello, Jason. The relations of remembering I'm talking about today are the ones which empower us from within, not from the stuff of the world. One of the mistakes I see with remembering relations at the time of death in families is when the only recipients of the deceased's estate is his or her family. Such exclusive intentions do not speak of a gratitude to God's goodness in the greater and wider world. And such intentions do not model or teach to one's family a sense of serving and giving beyond one's own. God likes to see us give to God's God's purposes and making the world a better place even after we're gone through our estate planning. Giving is one of the greatest ways we respect our remembering. That's God's way of remembering And so we begin today with our stewardship campaign for the coming year. It's a time of remembering and giving thanks. The relations of remembering in the wider context of life and faith go beyond our own families. And that's why the scriptures are so important. They remind us of so many who have gone before us and what they have done for God and for us through their lives of giving. Listen closely to a portion of the passage Lois read to us from Hebrews. And what more should I say, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of sword, won strength out of weakness. Yet all these though they were commended for their faith, did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better so that they would not, apart from us, be made perfect. 
For we, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. The great cloud of witnesses is being made complete through our remembering and carrying our faith forward. Remember from our first lesson this morning that while Moses sought to lead the people out of Egypt to the promised land, he never actually made it to the promised land. That was completed by the next generation who built upon what Moses did. And yet they never forgot him. They remembered him and all those who had gone before. The relations of remembering include all those who are recorded in the Bible. Yet, our relations in the faith are not limited to the biblical characters. Remember, the cloud of witnesses is a great cloud of witnesses. Next Sunday will be Reformation Sunday. And then we celebrate All Saints season, a time for remembering. That's what our Vespers service is all about on the first Sunday of November. It was Nicholas Berdyev who put it well for us. Treat the living as though they were dying and the dead as though they were alive. We especially remember Martin Luther. And on October 31st, how he, in in 1517, nailed his 95 theses to the Castle Church in Wittenberg, Germany, and so began a change in history which could never be undone, and the Reformation was born. The whole notion that came out of the Reformation was the priesthood of all believers. In other words, it means that none of us needs a priest or a mediator between us and God. We all have a direct relationship with God. We are part of what's called the priesthood of all believers. That is something we greatly treasure and remember. Carrying the light of faith forward from one generation to the next is not always easy. And that was referenced in our biblical text. And it certainly wasn't for many of the reformers. When Bishop Latimer was about to be burned at the stake for his Protestant loyalties during the reign of of Catholic Bloody Mary Tudor. He not only spoke one of history's most famous lines, but he defined an age. We shall this day light such a candle by God's grace in England as shall never be put out. He was witnessing to something that would carry on beyond his very life. Through the relations of remembering, we receive the light of faith and carry it forward and share it because we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. And the relations of remembering includes our blood relations, the biblical characters, the reformers and others who have made it in the history books by influencing the future. And the relations of remembering also include those persons of faith in our past, who have shaped us and touched us in a way that the light of Christ has been strengthened in us. They probably aren't in the history books, and yet they are part of our personal cloud of witnesses. And here I'm thinking of, I think back in my own life, to some of my Sunday school teachers. I think back to some of the ministers who had 
a great influence on me. Some of the committed lay people, some of who were my youth leaders in the youth group. They were people who lived out a deep love for the Lord, and it showed in all aspects of their living. These people can be living or dead, and much like family members who are now departed, these in our cloud of witnesses can be very present to us still, even in their physical absence. H. Richard Niebuhr, who was part of the former uh, denomination which led into the United Church of Christ, he wrote, Where common memory is lacking, where people do not share the same past, there can be no real community. And so as a community of faith, when we look to our cloud of witnesses, we recognize that there are people who have gone before us even here at the neighborhood church. So many faithful people have left a legacy and tradition upon which we are adding to and moving forward. And for them, we are very grateful. Now, there's one more aspect of the relations of remembering. In addition to all the different folks we've been talking about, our blood relations and our faith relations, those living and those deceased, is the relation of, re- of our remembering to who we are in the now and our focus for the future. Teddy Roosevelt said, the past is only for remembering, not reliving. So what is the relation of remembering to past, present, and future? Hear it again in our text from Hebrews. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every sin and weight that clings so closely And let us run with perseverance the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. One of the best definitions I've ever heard for sin is the denial of relationality. If you think about that, you'll realize how true it is. When we forget our relationship with God, then by intention or default, we sin against God. When we forget or deny our relations with our family, we break relationality. When we deny that we are in any way responsible for another in need, we sin against our neighbor. That's why the relations of remembering are so important as we look to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. When we break bread and drink wine, we recall his words when he said, do this in remembrance of me. We remember him. We put his members back together. And we, as members of the body of Christ, when we put ourselves together, we become the body of Christ here And now, our relations of remembering are a part of becoming and becoming and becoming the body of Christ. Now, most of you remember George Gipp, although you probably remember him as the Gipper. His legend with football at Notre Dame was incredible. And during his senior year, while he was on his deathbed, he told his coach, Newt Rockney, Sometimes, Rock, 
When the team is up against it, when things are going wrong and the brakes are beating the boys, tell them to go in there with all they've got and win just one for the Gipper. So eight years later, when the fighting Irish were playing Army in New York City in a packed stadium of 80,000 in a stadium that only held 75, the, screen, the fans were screaming, and Notre Dame had worked hard just to keep it tied at halftime. And so Rockney knew it was time, and as the young men were in the locker room at halftime, he took them back to that hospital scene and told them about all that the Gipper had gone through and how his death was coming. And as tears came down some of the players' faces, it was time for him to conclude that historic speech when he said, let's win one for the Gipper. And they tore out of the locker room, and they won that game mightily. Now, it's interesting, isn't it, what the memory of one great man can inspire in people? Imagine if that one great man weren't a mere football hero, but were the Son of God. I wonder what that would inspire us to do. Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And so the French socialist Jean Jarry could write, Take from the altars of the past the fires, not the ashes. The relations of remembering. The Bible offers a delicate interaction between past and future. The past is powered by the future, and the future is shaped by the past. And yet people still divide into at least two groups, one applying the brakes and the others the accelerator. Some like antiques and others like the latest model. Christianity does not vote a straight ticket. It selects treasures from both the old and the new. We believe our ancestors' God is our God today with yet more to say. We respect the past and the future so that the future may one day be a past to deserve our respect. Faith takes old and young, tradition in addition to adventure. We do not want to be reckless, nor do we want to stand still. To the end of time, we will follow the pioneer and perfecter of our faith in whatever ways are effective and faithful. And part of that is giving. When you look at Jesus... He gave so much to so many, and the end gave his all. As we begin this season of stewardship, a time of giving, our theme is remember, rejoice, and respond. It ties to past, present, and future. Remember, rejoice, respond with hearts and hands and voices. The relations of remember. Tie us to all that's gone on so that our lives moving forward can be a gift for the future. Sometime later today, I want to ask you to take a little quiet time to consider the relations of remembering. 
Think of your blood relations. Think of your relations to our ancestors in the faith, to the biblical characters, some of the reformers. Think of those in your own past and church experience who've touched your life. And think of those who have gone before us here at the neighborhood church. And then think of the relations of all those rememberings to who you are and who we are as we move forward, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And oh, I do have one postscript worth remembering. At the beginning of this sermon, I mentioned that most of us don't have to worry, at least not yet, too much about Alzheimer's just because we're becoming more forgetful. Alzheimer's is a devastating disease, and I know it firsthand. And it's very painful to see it progressing in a loved one. But our faith affirms that while a loved one may no longer remember his or her own family or even his or her own name, God will never forget that person. And that person will reclaim his or her status as a child of God, a relation to God on the other side of death, as will we all. For the relations of remembering are and will be fulfilled in our loving God. Amen.